chapter 2, starting in verse 25. As we started our series, this Christmas series, Keeping Christ in Christmas, two weeks ago, we looked at the response of Mary to the announcement of the birth of Jesus. Mary's response to the announcement of the birth of Jesus. It was last week that we saw Joseph's response to the announcement of the birth of Jesus. And this morning, we're going to look at the response of two now characters in Scripture, two people in Scripture that oftentimes we overlook. And we're going to look at Simeon and Anna's response to an encounter with Jesus. Not to an announcement, but to an encounter with Jesus. You see, it was the shepherds, it was Mary, it was even Joseph that were surprised at the announcement of Jesus, the Messiah, to be born. They were surprised at the appearing of the angel bringing such good news. The shepherds were, were filled with wonder and amazement as what God would do in bringing a Messiah. But here there was a small remnant, a small remnant of faithful people. Notice this. God always has a small remnant of faithful people that were waiting and expecting the Messiah. And it was Anna, and also it was Simeon. We've titled today's message, That We Would See Jesus. Would you write that down? That we would see Jesus. We want to see Jesus. We want to see the salvation of the Lord. Now, we start to learn here through Scripture that for 400 years between the Old Testament and the New Testament, the people of Israel and the nation of Israel had not heard a word from the Lord. It was 400 years of silence now, them having not heard a word from the Lord. And what was interesting that was happening is that God now was not speaking to His people because they had turned their back on Him. And what happened was that they were living in sin and they had not heard a word from the Lord. Now, how is it that we are not hearing a word from God? Oftentimes, we don't hear a word from God because we're not tuned in and we're oftentimes distracted. We're not hearing a word from God because we're not expecting, we're not waiting on God through reading and through praying of the word of God. Oftentimes, we don't hear from God because there's unconfessed sin in our life. And we know that sin cuts us away from hearing the voice of God. So it had been 400 years, but now they hear the announcement that Jesus is to be born. And here we see that Jesus is already born in Luke chapter 2. And his parents are taking him to the temple to be dedicated as it was a Jewish custom. So they're taking here Joseph and Mary to, to now the temple. And, and Simeon and Anna there are expectantly waiting to see the Messiah. Now we're going to look at two major things this morning. Number one, the consolation, our consolation, and number two, our redemption. Notice, you have a consolation today, and we have our redemption that is found in Jesus. Let's go to Luke chapter 2, verse 25. It says this, And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was just, devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord Christ. So he came by the Spirit into the temple. And where the parents brought Jesus, Christ, the child Jesus 
to do to him according to the custom of the law. He took him up in his arms and blessed him and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace. According to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all people, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. Let's go ahead and pray. Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your word, Lord. And we ask, Lord, that you would break the silence so that you can speak to us right now, Lord. I ask if there's anything standing in the way, Lord, whether it's distractions, a lack of fellowship with you, a lack of waiting before your presence, Lord, or maybe even unconfessed sin in our lives. Lord, that we would turn from all of that so that we can see Jesus. Lord, because distractions keep us away from seeing him. Sin keeps us away from hearing you, Lord. And today we want to see you, and today we want to hear you, God. Thank you because you are our consolation. Thank you because you are redemption. And we put this all in Jesus' name. Together we said, Amen. Now notice here in verse 25 of Luke chapter 2, it says, Behold, there was a man in Jerusalem, and look at the man's name here, whose name was Simeon. And this word name, this name Simeon is a, is a very beautiful name because it means God has heard. It was amazing because Simeon was waiting in the presence of God, and his name means God has heard. God heard the prayers of Simeon now. And Simeon was going to meet the consolation of the nation of Israel, which was Jesus. Now let's look at the character of Simeon, whose name means God has heard. Because scripture right here describes this man, Simeon, a man that was just, devout, and waiting. <laughs> no, those are three characteristics that as believers today in the world that we live in, we must be filled now with righteousness, we must be devout or God-fearing, and we must be waiting. Now, what, what an important thing we learn here from Simeon. He was a righteous man. He was a man that was just, that was God-fearing. Not only that, he was devout now, which means that he was devoted to God in character. And because he was just, and because he was devout, he was then also waiting for Christ. Are you waiting for Christ today, this morning? What are you waiting for today? Right? Because Simeon here had the right attitude in that he was waiting for the Messiah. Now that word waiting, it's an important word, and we ought to really study that word, because in today's world, we do not like waiting, right? There's often times that we want everything right now. We don't want to wait. If someone tells us that we, want to, we have to wait a little bit, you know what's your next question? How long? How long do I have to wait? Or oftentimes our prayers are, Lord, how long am I going to have to wait for this answer to prayer to finally take place? Oh, Lord, how long am I going to have to wait, Lord, for you to take me to the season that I want to be in? Or, or oftentimes we say, oh, Lord, how long am I going to have to wait for the blessing to come into my life? But here Simeon, the man whose name means God has heard was waiting for the Messiah to come and for the Redeemer to come for the nation of Israel. Now, he was not only waiting, Scripture tells us that his waiting was eagerly waiting. In fact, Simeon was alert for his appearance. He was now in the temple. He was a man that was living alert for the appearance of the Messiah. That word waiting means he was looking forward now, expecting 
the presence of the Messiah. Have you ever looked forward to something? Forward to Christmas? You know, forward to a certain event? Forward to uh, maybe something that you have taking place on your calendar that you're just expecting it? Well, Simeon was looking forward to the expectation and the presence alert for the appearance of the Messiah. In fact, it tells us here in verse 35, 25, it says, waiting for the consolation of Israel. You see, the word consolation is important. He was waiting for hope. Consolation means he was waiting for the hope of Israel. He was eagerly looking forward to the hope of Israel. He was looking for the Messiah that would save the people from their sins. He was looking for the Messiah that would deliver, that would rescue now the nation of Israel. Why? Because he knew prophecy, therefore he was waiting. You know, the Bible tells us through the Old Testament prophecies that the nation of Israel would wait now for their Messiah to come to redeem them. It was in Isaiah chapter 25 verse 9 that said, And it shall be in that day, behold, this is our God, we have waited for him. And he will save us. This is our Lord. We have waited for him and we will be glad and rejoice in his salvation. You see, it's important that we wait for the Messiah. That just as they waited for him that day, that we would wait on him every single day for his presence to be manifested in our lives. That we would wait for his second coming. That we would wait for the rapture of the church. But here the consolation is Jesus. Jesus is our comfort. Jesus is our hope. He is our consolation. You know, oftentimes in our lives, we make the mistake of waiting for the wrong things. We're waiting on a specific person to change. We're waiting for a specific season to come. But are we waiting for all the right things? Because here Simeon was waiting on the promises of God. I'm going to ask you today, are you waiting on the promises of God? Because His promises are trustworthy and His promises are going to be fulfilled. And this is important because we ought to be waiting for one thing, the consolation, the comfort now of Israel, our own comfort. And, and there are times that we're living in our past guilt, we're living in our past shame or sin and despair, and we need hope, just like the people needed hope here in this time. So therefore, they were waiting for the consolation of God. I want you to know today, God's consolation has come, and it has come in Jesus Christ. God's consolation has come, forgiveness has come, redemption has come, deliverance has come, and it's all given to us in Jesus. He is our consolation. You know, some of us today, we need a, the comfort and the consolation of Jesus. Well, He has come now. And it tells us now in verse here, 25, that the Holy Spirit was upon Him. This man Simeon was waiting on the Lord, and notice what happens as he's waiting the Holy Spirit's upon Simeon. You know, he, that word upon means that he, the Holy Spirit was resting upon Simeon. No, Simeon was empowered now by the Holy Spirit. He was waiting upon the Holy Spirit now. And it tells us as we continue to read here, verse 26, and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit now that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord Christ. Now the Holy Spirit not only was upon him, but the Holy Spirit was also teaching him. Do you see that? The Holy Spirit was upon Simeon, but the Holy Spirit had given him now through divine revelation of the Holy Spirit that he would not die, this man, before he had seen the Lord Jesus Christ. Before he had seen the Messiah, the Savior. 
So we can assume here that, that now he had been waiting for many years, this man Simeon. And God had given him a promise through the Holy Spirit. Simeon, you're not going to die. You're going to see the Messiah before you die now. And he's expecting the presence of the Messiah. He's expecting to meet Jesus. He was waiting. Now, how important, notice this, is it for people? How important is it for us today to see God's salvation, Jesus Christ, before we see death? (laughs) You know, we should have a burden right now, not only for ourselves, but for our family members, that they would see Jesus before they die. That they would encounter the Messiah personally before they die. And it's so important, Simeon here is holding on to this promise that he's going to see Jesus. Now let's read here verse 27, because not only the Holy Spirit was upon him, not only the Holy Spirit was teaching him and giving them divine revelation, but the Holy Spirit was then leading Simeon. Let's look at verse here, 27. And he came by the Spirit into the temple. Now isn't this amazing that here we see the inward now person of Simeon? That was all about the Holy Spirit. In verse 25, we see the Holy Spirit's upon him. In verse 27, we see the Holy Spirit's leading him or teaching him. And in verse 27, we see the Holy Spirit is then leading him. We too should be those that are dominated by the Holy Spirit, where the Holy Spirit's upon us, teaching us, and then leading us now. And the Holy Spirit led him where? Notice that. Led him to the temple. (laughs) Isn't this amazing? Where does the Holy Spirit want to lead you today? To the very presence of God. Because the temple was the place where the presence of God was at. The Holy Spirit was leading him now to the temple now in a very perfect time now. Do you know that when you're led now and you're called and you're being led by the Holy Spirit, what does he want to do when God's calling you into his house? God is calling you into his house, into his presence, because he wants to reveal himself to you. Because he wants to fulfill his promises to you. And his promises to you are fulfilled in the presence of God. Therefore, Simeon was being called into the presence of God because the promises were going to be fulfilled in his presence. You know what the danger oftentimes for us is? Is that we're looking for God's promises outside of God's presence. And it's impossible to find his promises outside of his presence. Now here Simeon was going to receive the promise that he would see the Messiah. But that promise had to be fulfilled in the presence of God. Notice, in the will of God. And he heard now God's promise to him. And then he was led by the Spirit. You see, it's not only important to hear the promise that God wants to give to us. It's not only important to receive the Word of God and hear it. We must then be led by the Spirit. I want you to look at your Bible in that verse, verse 27, and underline, led by the Spirit. (laughs) Are you being led by the Spirit today? Or are you being led by your goal? You're being led by your ambition. What are you being led by today? It's amazing that Simeon here teaches us that in order to properly wait, for God and for the consolation and wait on Jesus, we must be led by the Spirit of God now. And this man here, Simeon, now is waiting on God because he is most concerned of the presence of God. It tells us in verse 27 as we continue reading, And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said... 
Now just imagine, just at the right time, the Spirit was leading Simeon into the temple. And there Joseph and Mary were with Jesus. And Simeon comes and he takes now Jesus into his arms. Now if that happened today, a lot of mothers would freak out, right? Just imagine this old man that is waiting on the presence of God. He's just holding on to that promise before he dies. And especially in the time that we live in that, yo, don't touch my baby, right? And he comes now, Simeon, and what does he do? This is a very important just picture, illustration of what happens that he sees as he's led by the Spirit. The Spirit reveals to him, that's the Messiah. And he goes now and he takes Jesus in his arms. Now, read that verse again with me. And it says that he took him in his arms and blessed God and said. You know what it's amazing when he took Jesus in his arms? What was he holding on to? He was holding on to the hope of Israel. Isn't it awesome when you take in Jesus and you hold on to Jesus? Guess what you're holding on to? You're holding on to hope. <laughs> and there are often times that we have let go of hope when we've let go of Jesus. We must be like Simeon today and say, I want to take Jesus and hold on to Jesus because as long as I am holding on to Jesus, I'm holding on to the consolation and the comfort that comes from him. You see, the moment that we let go of Jesus, we have let go of that consolation and of that hope. And this man here, Simeon, is teaching us some very important things, not only to be led by the Spirit, not only to be taught by the Word of God, but also, number three, to be obedient to the will of God. How was he obedient to the will of God? By going to the Messiah and holding on to him. This is really teaching us right now that if we wait for him, you know what he's going to do? He's going to reveal himself to us. If you wait for him, he's going to reveal himself to you. You see, it's in the moments that we're not waiting on him because we are distracted or the, the moments that we're not going into his presence, that we're not going into his house, that we're not being led by the Spirit, that we no longer are hearing from the presence of the Lord. But it said that he blessed God here in verse 28. We see a praise to God and also a prophecy of the ministry of the Messiah. Notice here in verse 29 that he praised God now thanking the Lord in verse 29, it says, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. What an amazing now praise that he gives to the Lord. And what does he say, Lord? He says, Sovereign Lord. Oh God, you're in control as he's holding on to Jesus. Oh Lord, this is an expression of faith. I trust you. I trust unto the Messiah. I'm holding on to the Messiah right now. And he starts to sing a song. Look at the song that he sings here in verse 29. He said, you are now letting your servant depart now in peace. You know what depart in peace means? You're letting me die now in peace. Because you fulfilled your promises to me. In fact, in verse 29, what he's actually saying, Oh God, you are faithful. You, Lord, keep your promises. You've done it according to your word. Wow, what an amazing promise here being fulfilled. You know that God keeps his word? He's a man of his word, the Lord. There are often times that we've received promises that people haven't kept. We've received empty promises, but the promises of God are not empty. In fact, here we see that Simeon is holding on to Jesus, and he's saying, Lord, you're letting me depart in peace. You have kept your promise. Now, the word depart is so important because it really means, depart means to let or to release a prisoner. 
It means to release a prisoner or to untie a ship and let the ship then sail. Depart also has a word of to take down a tent or to unyoke a beast now from a burden. And you know, for us believers, it's so important that we don't have to be afraid of death now because it only frees us from the burden of this life and leads us to the blessings now of eternal life. Do you see what a, what a beautiful thing that we see here in Simeon? That he's not afraid now of death. Because he has Jesus, therefore he has not only the consolation, but notice he has something else. He has peace now. He has peace. How many people are missing peace in the world that we're living in today? And the reason why they're missing peace, the reason why they're scared of death, is because they do not have the hope and the consolation in Christ. You see, we need to hold on to the hope and the consolation that gives us the peace that in Jesus, we're not afraid. And here what he's saying, Lord, I'm ready, Lord, you can take me because I met Jesus now. And in fact, he says, my eyes have seen your salvation now. Notice verse 30, for my eyes have seen your salvation. My eyes have seen Jesus now. The one that would redeem the nation of Israel. The one that deliver us from our sins. The one that would forgive us of our sins. You know the word salvation is important? Salvation is not something you do. Salvation is someone you know. And that's Jesus Christ. Here, my eyes have seen Jesus. And therefore I can die in peace because I have his salvation now. I have the promise of eternal life now. In fact, he goes on in verse 31. It says... You have prepared this salvation now before the face of all people. This is gift of salvation of the Lord Jesus Christ is for everyone to both Jews and to Gentiles alike. This is the song that he's singing. I have seen your salvation. You've prepared this salvation for the Jewish people and for those that are not Jewish, the Gentiles. Now you know what's important here about this verse, my eyes have seen salvation, is that today we get to pray. Lord, open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. <laughs> you guys remember that song that we sang many years ago? Lord, open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. Today, are you seeing Jesus? Are you spending time with him? Do you know him personally and intimately in that way? That nothing is pulling you away from the consolation of him. That you're holding on to that hope now that is in Jesus Christ. Lord, open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you, Jesus. And now as he's now singing and praising God for this, look at the missionary hymn that he prays. That God would reveal himself through his son, Jesus. In verse 32 it says, he's going to be a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. Who is Jesus? He's a light. A light to bring revelation. You know, Jesus himself would reveal God the Father to the nations. God has revealed himself to us through his son Jesus. That's what he's saying. He's going to be a light to us. He's going to show us the way, Jesus. And this missionary hymn speaks about how God would reach the world through his son Christ. Through the Messiah now. In verse 32, it says here, and the glory of your people Israel. He's going to come from the nation of Israel, and, and he's going to be their glory to anyone who believes in him and to anyone who receives him. Notice here, the compassion and the life of the Messiah. What would he be? A light to us. You know, he is a light that we need today. In verse 33, it goes on and says, and Joseph, 
And his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. Just think about them. Joseph and Mary just going to dedicate their son. And here comes a man takes Jesus and starts to say, this, this little boy here, this child is going to reach the Gentiles. He's going to be the light. In him is the hope of the world. <laughs> and they're just looking at him and just so amazed, so marveled that, that God's confirming words that the angel had already spoken to both of them were being manifested now and being confirmed through this man, Simeon. But now he looks at his mother. Simeon looks at the mother now of Jesus, Mary. And he starts to bring prophecy to her. And look what he describes Jesus. He describes Jesus to Mary, his mother, saying he he is going to be a stone, a sign, and there's going to be a sword. Now notice that a stone, a sign, and a sword. And, and, And in verse 34 it says, Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary now, his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and the rising of many in Israel. He's destined for the fall and the rising of many in Israel. We see here that he describes Jesus as a stone. What does the Bible say about the Messiah? That he would be now a stumbling stone. He would be a cornerstone as well. What does that mean that he would be a stone? He would be a rejected cornerstone that many would stumble upon Jesus and they would be offended at his teaching, that they would reject him and stumble upon him. And in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 8, it says, And a stone of stumbling, a rock of offense, they stumble being disobedient to the word to which they were also appointed. Many would fall now. Many would stumble now, those that they would reject him. But also it says, he's going to be a rising now to many. Why a rising? Because those that would receive him now, the Bible tells that he's raised us up with him. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6, it says, And he raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now I want to ask you this morning, is Jesus to you, is he a stumbling stone or is he a stone of salvation? Are you, are you rejecting Jesus? Are you continually resisting Jesus? Is he a stumbling stone in your life where you are being offended at his teaching, where you are resisting now Christ in your life and his word? Or is he the sure cornerstone in where your life is built on? Is he the salvation stone now that you will receive him? And here what Simeon is saying, because of Jesus Christ here, many would fall in conviction, but also many would rise in salvation. (laughs) There are many people that are offended in, in the conviction. They reject, they're offended, they fall in that conviction. But others, if you receive them, you know what takes place? You're able to stand on that stone, the cornerstone now, and the revelation of truth now that is given to us in the Lord now. And He's raises us up to be seated with Him. Now, in verse 34, the later part, it says this, And for a sign which will be spoken against Him. Now, He's also going to be a sign. A sign of what? A sign of truth. A miracle. A sign of God's revelation, a demonstration of God's power. And many people are going to speak against Him. Many people are going to oppose Him. Today, if you say the name of Jesus, people reject it. (laughs) You can say God, you can say a higher being, you can say anything you want. But as soon as you say Jesus, people oppose the message of Jesus. But by the way that others speak about Jesus, it's evident what's in their hearts. Is, Is He a salvation stone? 
Or is he a stone of stumbling for us? You know that what you think about Jesus is the most important question that anyone can answer? When someone asks you, who is Jesus to you, what would you say? How would you answer that question? That's the most important now answer to any question that you can give. Who Jesus is to you. He's going to be a sign of the revelation of truth given to us by God. And in verse 35, notice what happens here now. He tells Mary as well, yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul, soul also. He said, you know what, Mary? There's going to be a sword that's going to pierce through your soul also, Mary. Because of the grieving, because of the suffering, because of the sorrow that you're going to endure, Mary, as you see your son die in agony in the cross. What was destined for this child that Simeon is holding in his arms? What was destined? The cross. You see, for us, as we look at the crib, we see a clear picture of the cross. The only purpose for the birth of Jesus was for the death and the resurrection so that me and you can have salvation in him. And here he's saying, you know what? The, the, the sword is going to pierce your soul. You're going to experience agony, Mary, because this son here that you have is destined for the death and the salvation, the punishment, the judgment of the world. Notice what he goes on and he says in verse 35, that the thoughts of many's hearts may be revealed. When Jesus was at the cross, the thoughts, the innermost, deepest thoughts of man's hearts and many people's hearts now would be revealed whether or not they rejected him or not. You see that Jesus, the cross, what does he do? The cross, it reveals the deepest thoughts of your life. That's so amazing. The, the cross reveals the deepest parts of our lives. That's why I pray that today, not only we would come to the cross, that we would go through the cross and we would die to self. And say, thank you, Jesus, because you were born, but because you went to the cross to die for our sins now. It was only through Jesus. This was the mediator that God had in mind between himself and the world to now meet now the judgment and the penalty of our sins. It was Christ Jesus. What did Paul tell Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 2? He says, for there is one God and then one mediator. Not many mediators. There's God and one mediator. There's only one way to get to God. And notice what he says here, between God and man and the man Christ Jesus. It is the man Christ Jesus who gave himself a ransom to all, who he gave himself to pay the debt for all, to be testified in due time. Now, isn't this incredible here? Simeon saw Jesus and he held on to Jesus. Have you held on to Jesus? Not only seen him, but placed your faith on him so that you can hold on to him. But then we see also Anna here, a prophetess in Scripture. This woman now that gave prophecy as to who the Messiah was. And she now not only praised God for Jesus, she also proclaimed about him. Can we look at the following verse here? Verse 36, because as here Simeon is praising God for Jesus, as he's prophesying now, here Anna walks in. Simeon means whom God has heard. Anna means grace. <laughs> Do you believe that she received grace that day? Yes, she had. How did she receive grace? In that she had an encounter with Jesus. How do you receive grace today? When you have an encounter with Jesus Christ. You don't experience grace any other way but coming to Jesus Christ. Here Anna, whose name 
means grace, experienced the greatest grace of all in that she met Jesus, her Messiah, her Savior. She finally had that hope that she was looking for. Now it says in verse 36 that there was one, Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was of great age and had lived with her husband seven years from her virginity. And this woman, in verse 37, a widow of about 84 years, who had, did not depart from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. What do we know about Anna, this prophetess? That she was now a widow. She had been with her husband for seven years. And for many years after that, for 84 years, the scripture tells us that she served the Lord now. She served the Lord now as she was a widow. But how did she serve the Lord? It tells us, number one, that she didn't leave the temple. <laughs> Would you see that? She didn't leave the presence of God. She stayed at the temple. And what was she doing at the temple? She was worshiping God. She was ministering to God. And she devoted herself over to the Lord to do a few things here. To worship and to serve God with fastings and with prayer. You want to be able to meet Jesus or see Him? Serve Him through fastings and through prayer. Oftentimes we don't hear Him, we don't see Him, we don't encounter Him. Because we don't serve Him even in this way. The, the Bible in, invites us, God invites us. And you will seek me and you will find me when you search for me with all your heart. Now Anna here is searching for the Messiah and she doesn't leave the temple. She's there serving Him with fastings, with prayers. She's faithfully seeking Jesus. She's faithfully seeking the Lord. She's faithfully seeking the presence of God. She's waiting for His appearing. He's waiting for the presence of the Messiah. You know what? Oftentimes, we have become numb because of how busy we are to the presence of God. We no longer experience the presence of God. When was the last time that you experienced the presence of God? Have you come today to church to experience His presence? Or have you come today to church just because this is what we do on Sunday morning? Have you spent time maybe prayer and fasting at your own home and your own devotional life that when you open the Bible, you're able to say, Lord, I came to seek you and I want to experience your presence right now. I'm waiting for your appearing now. I, I want you to come and, and, and make yourself real in my life. Because in verse 38, look what happens. It was in the perfect time now that as she walks in, verse 38, it tells us, and coming in that instant... Coming in at the perfect time. Isn't it amazing how God lines up things in His perfect time? It was in that instant, it was in that perfect time that God also let her in. And she sees Simeon with Jesus now. Simeon holding Jesus in his arms. In verse 38, she sees that that is the prophecy that is taking place now. And she does two things. Number one, she gave thanks. <laughs> she gave thanks. Would you see underline that in your Bible? She gave thanks. What is she doing? She's praising God. She's praising God for Jesus. And she's joining in the prophecy. She's joining in the song that Simeon is singing. She's coming in in God's perfect time. And she is giving thanks. But also, number two, what does she do? She gives witness. She gives thanks with praise. But she gives witness with proclamation. You see, it, it is not only enough to give thanks. We also must give witness. You see how this is important that when you have an encounter with Jesus, you do th these two things. You give thanks, you worship the Lord, but you also then give witness of Him. 
Because it says here in verse 38 now, and she spoke of him. Circle that in your Bible, church, please. She gave thanks and spoke of him or spoke of Jesus to all of those who look for the redemption in Jerusalem. She spoke of him now. Because those others that were around there in Jerusalem were waiting expectantly for God to rescue, redeem his people in Jerusalem. So she went out and spoke of Jesus now to those others that needed him. How many people do you know that need him today? That need redemption? Because it says she spoke of him to those that looked for an answer. To those that looked for redemption. To those that looked for deliverance of their sins. There are many people that we're not going to encounter in these next few weeks, even we have in our lives right now, that need redemption. What do we need to do? We need to speak of Him. I want to encourage you this week, even as you prepare, to maybe meet with your immediate family or you're going to see friends. Whatever it is that you do, I want to encourage you right now, church, that you would say the name of Jesus to those that need Him. Not, not, not that you would only mention Christmas or the, not only that you would mention, you know, and say God bless you, but I want, I want to encourage you to say the name of Jesus to him. That you would speak of him now. You see, this elderly woman here that we see here, Anna, she, she was holding on to hope. She did not lose hope. You want to know why she didn't lose hope? Because she was a woman of worship. She was a woman of prayer. She was waiting at the presence of God. And she knew now that, that he was bringing deliverance not only through his death from the, the guilt of power and of sin for us now. What does the Bible tell us? That he didn't come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for any. Now Anna's now walk with God was shown now by her love for Jesus. And not only that, her desire to tell others about him. Not only you love him, but do you have a desire to tell anyone about him? Do you have a desire for out of your mouth, your lips, to come the name of Jesus Christ? You know, when people come to know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, there are four things that they're encouraged to do. These are four things that Anna did as well. These are four things that oftentimes as we grow with Jesus, we stop doing. <laughs> and we become very casual in these things. But four things that are so encouraged, the things that Anna does is, number one, is that she knew, she studied God's word, and she worshiped, number one. The importance of the Word of God in your life. Number one, to study the Word of God. Number two, we see that Anna, you know what she also does? Is that she prays. She worshiped, and then also she prayed. She knew the Word of God, and she was in prayer now. But the third thing that is encouraged to those that come to Jesus is to go to church, in her case, to go to the temple. <laughs> so she knew the Word of God, she was praying now, and she was going to the temple but the fourth thing that is needed for you to have a personal relationship with Jesus is that you would tell others about him. That you would tell others about him. That you would speak of him. You know that it limits your growth, your spiritual walk with the Lord? Where you simply just read the word? Where you go to prayer? Where you even come to church but you never speak of him? And here Anna knew what was important. That after I have received him, I should speak of him. <laughs> And that's why today, this morning, we want to end with that. That we would speak of Him. That we would invite others to Him. That we would invite others to church. You have an opportunity, even this week, to invite someone to church on Christmas Eve. That you would be like Anna, who has received grace. And now what do you do with that grace? You speak of that grace and invite others because you had a personal relationship with Him. Now notice this. 
just like Simeon and Anna were waiting. They're waiting for him to come once. And just like he came once, he's coming again. Are you waiting for him today? Are you waiting for Jesus Christ? Because the first time, yes, he came in a manger. But now he's going to come in glory. First time he came in salvation. But in the second coming, Jesus will come in judgment. Are you ready for him to come in judgment? You must be living today in anticipation and expectancy of his soon return. Are we living today in anticipation and expectancy of the soon return of Jesus Christ? There are things that take us away from that. But today we have to pray, Lord, make me like Simeon and like Anna that are living in anticipation and in expectancy, waiting for you. There's nothing more that's going to fulfill us than when we're waiting for him. Can we pray? Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank you, God.